Hello, and welcome to the Fit Butte Report podcast. I'm your host, Christina. For those of you who are new to my podcast, I would like to welcome you back. And if you have not been here before, this is your first time, I just want to say, hey, welcome. So today's episode, I am going to be talking all about my experience at, well, first of all, using your voice for good and why this matters and why you should definitely be speaking out um, about subjects that are really difficult to um, speak about and talk about. Also, reflecting on the Vanessa Keen um, protests that happened on 4th of July and also for, let me just tell you, 2020 has been a crazy, crazy year, but um, I think that it's been a year where it's really made you put the eyes on yourself and see who you really, really are. I mean, I think that um, 2020 was a big reflection year. I know everybody kept on saying it was a year for a 2020, 2020 vision, but actually I think it was a reflection year for reflecting who we truly are. And that was coming out um, in a lot of people this year. So if that interests you, stay put, right? I'll be coming back right after this message. Welcome back, guys. So I want to first start off talking about what um, using your voice for good, right? I feel like a lot of times we um, are living in a society and in a world where we really don't get to express ourselves because we're afraid of what others are going to think or afraid of what other people are going to say. And sometimes, even though it might be uncomfortable for us to speak about these subjects, I really believe that there that these subjects that we're speaking on need to be had before this was never never an issue nobody ever brought it up nobody nobody ever wanted to talk about it so it is something that nobody ever wanted to talk about so it is swept under the rug a lot of times i mean for instance for um women it's really hard for women to negotiate their salary um, they, they feel like they just have to accept whatever is given to them and many times don't negotiate it because they're just grateful and they don't want to negotiate because they don't want to speak. They don't want to talk. They don't want to speak about their pay and why, you know, they can get paid more. So that for instance, and then also to the leadership in corporate America, you know, has been nothing but predominantly, you know, white men and maybe one black but not even one person of a Latino or a Latina. And that really, really, really sucks. Um, I think that that sucks because it's depressing. I mean, it's depressing if you can't have a multicultural um, representation on your board, whether it's for, you know, the company Honeywell, or if it's HP, or if it's even Target. I mean, even Gap. Gap was talking about um, dark, uh, uh, the, the, the shark, Damon, he was talking about how Gap approached him 
and they wanted him to join their board so that they could be um, diverse. So um, nobody will start looking at them, right? So what he told them was, if you're really doing it for the right reasons and you're really doing it so that, um, you know, to, to have this change long, not just for right now, then yes, I will join, but I want to see your plan. And I think that was smart. And I think that was great. And I think that that's good. And I think that we can learn from, you know, a Damon from the Shark Tank, because a lot of these boards are not diverse. And now because of everything that's going on, because of the pandemic, because of George Floyd, Vanessa Bean, and civil rights movements that are just uprising, you know, I feel like this is where corporate America is really finding out, like, you know, what, who are our values, right? Like, who are, what are our values? What are we really about? And uh, what do we really support? And, you know, is justice one of those things? I think that all of us, um, we can all say that this year has been the year of justice. All of us want justice, right? And um, I think that now in, you know, PRing and brand storytelling and brands trying to, you know, uh, continue the message the same across for everybody so that they can know that they care about what's going on in the world. You know, they're starting to turn their message towards, yes, they are inclusive. Yes, we are doing these initiatives. Yes, we're making statements. I mean, Ben and Jerry, one of the biggest, biggest um, Black Lives Matter activists as well and supporter as well. They are 100% using their brand, um, ice, their ice cream brand, to promote Black Lives Matter. And I, I think it's just genius. And it's, it's so smart the way that they use their ice creams. And they have a bowl of ice cream with scoops in it. And each scoop is called, you know, justice, um, you know, speaking out, you know, you know, we have rights, like each scoop of ice cream. You guys go check it out on their ID. You can see it. It's all on there. But just doing that, that right there, I mean, that speaks volumes. That speaks big about Ben and Jerry and who they are, what they stand for, and who um, they are as an organization, as a company, and what their brand, ice cream brand, really is about. Um, you know, Nike, of course, Nike's always there. Um, Nike is definitely for the people and for justice. Um, you know, they were the first ones to back up um, Colin and Kaepernick when he did that. And that right there speaks a lot. Um, so I really feel like this is also, a, you know, like I said, reflecting on who I was. But man, really, honestly, I feel like it was reflecting on all of us, who we truly are as, as people, you know, um, and, and just using your message and the message that they were using. It's not about selling you ice cream. It's not about telling you to buy more ice cream, telling you that, oh, it's so great at home. Why don't, you know, we're not in the 30s. We're not in the 50s. We're not in the 60s where before they could tell us and they could say, oh, you know, go pick up your ice cream and bring it home. And we're just going to, you know, watch cartoons all day and eat ice cream. No, I, I mean, those times have changed. Those times are no longer there. It's, you know, the ice cream is what it is. It's, it's ice cream. Yes, we enjoy it. Yes, it's a luxury. You could probably say ice cream is a luxury. I would say it. Um, but honestly, it, it's something that we don't need. It's not an essential. And um, they're using their platform. They're using their brand message um, in a positive way. And I really think that that's important. And I, I really, really um, love that. 
you know, I scream for, you know, ice cream and ice cream for justice. So I, I want Ben and Jerry's, you guys got to go pick some up, go support them because they definitely are one of the biggest brands out there that support um, the Black Lives Matter. And they've just done a great, great um, job and representation in actually uh, speaking on positive things um, out here and using their voice for positive and using their voice for good. So I'm going to be going now. I'll be right back. I'm going to take a short break. So we'll be back after this message. All right, guys, welcome back. So Vanessa Guillen protest. I have a lot to say about this just because um, I went to George Floyd first and the experience at the George Floyd protest was completely different from Vanessa Guillen. Um, it was also a different crowd. It was also um, predominantly African-American, white, and a few Latinos were out there. Um, but I just feel like George Floyd was so much more organized I feel like their their organization and how they had the mayor, they had Sheila Jackson, you know, they do have a lot more African Americans that are involved in um, city at the city hall, you know, as a mayor. So um, the representation for us, but our Acevedo was there, so he's Latino. Um, but they, you know, we had Congresswoman uh, Sylvia Garcia; she was there. We had uh, Christina Morales. She was there. Um, we also had the support, the name of the support, but that wasn't there, um, a few of them. And then another congresswoman who was also there. So we had about a few city council members or a few congresswomen and um, you know representatives that were there at the Vanessa Guillen um, protest. Um, also, too, I just feel like when George Floyd, everybody was, when we were marching, everybody was on on tune. Everybody was, you know, um, you, you could listen to them and you could hear the chants. Everybody was in one accord. Everybody was chanting the same thing. Um, even when chants changed, everybody changed with the tempo. Everybody changed with it. So for Vanessa Guillen protest, it was like the front was, uh, um, chanting, um, Vanessa Guillen presente, and then the back was chanting um, uh, justice for Vanessa, justice for Vanessa. So the front and the back were not connected at all. I don't know if the front was just where all the important people were at, you know, and the back was more like um, there needs to be someone back there directing the back also, but it, it was definitely um, not a harmony. Um, and not one accord like George Floyd was. Um, so it was it was really a different different experience. Um, I, I can say that I'm, I'm really glad and I'm very, very glad that I went in March for the Vanessa Guillen protest. I, I am. Um, the candlelight was something that definitely touched my heart and especially when I started singing that um, that song. I mean, I just, it, that song is, 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 it's just so sad and it just makes me want to cry because that song is so touching, you know, losing someone that you dearly, dearly love 
and that you'll never be able to see again. And it's like you lose, you know, a family member, you lose their mother, you lose, it's like a heartache, right? And you definitely feel like you will never, ever be able to live again and survive. And that's exactly what that song is talking about. So that song was very, very touching, um, and it, but it was really, really good. Um, she did an amazing job and she spoke and it was just great. Um, I think Trey the Truth is so fucking dope and I'm so glad he went. He showed up. He spoke out there, um, you know, talking about unity, talking about us needing to be together, you know, us needing to be, you know, brown and black, you know, supporting one another. And I, I totally agree with that. And I really, really am glad that um, he was a part of that, too. Also, too, we found out some interesting things. There was another guest speaker there. She has another organization for women who are sexually harassed, um, a nonprofit. And just the fact that what was revealed to us about the Army and how the oil tycoons own the Army, um, these bases, they're not run like shit. You know, they're, they're, they don't, they, when they wear the uniform, it's when they care. When they're not in uniform, they don't give a fuck. So that was um, stated by another male who actually said that to another woman soldier in her post on Facebook. Um, because if you guys have been following with Vanessa Keen's story, the, the hashtag I am Vanessa has millions of stories. I've stayed on there just researching and, and reading all these stories. And that one in particular where I'm, I'm quoting what that male soldier said to um, a female soldier that, you know, while he's in uniform, he don't give a fuck or he does give a fuck. But then when he's out of uniform, he doesn't. So I, I found that, you know, really interesting. And I thought, you know, what man person says that, you know, if you're truly an American soldier and you're truly out here to be a soldier and to be our hero, then it should be at all times. This is, this is a human being life. This is a human, even us Estonians out here, when it starts raining and, and it gets flooding in areas and it did flood, you know, we don't wear no uniforms. We're not these people trying to save people, but we save one another because that's just human kindness. That's just what humans do. When you see someone who needs help, you extend your hand. So why does this soldier feel like he can say, well, I'm not wearing my uniform. So, you know, if I'm not wearing this uniform, I don't give a damn about you. That to me is an army mentality that I feel like is wrong. And I feel like it needs to change. And there's a, a lot of new policies that need to be implemented into the army. And I think that these policies need to include women. They need to include women rights in the army because um, too many women there's other stories that are coming out too many women are are being not only sexually harassed they're being killed by their same predator you know if a man is that obsessed over a woman enough to rape her then stalk her and then kill her you know that right there is 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 enough and it's proof in itself that you know you can't just not take a woman's word seriously anymore. You know, we can't, we need to dismantle this whole male, female, this whole stigma over if she says she was, then we really need to look into it. It really needs to be, you know, uh, 
investigated. It really needs to be, you know, something that needs to be taken seriously. There's too many stories that I read where a soldier, she got murdered in her bed by the same guy who raped her, went up into her bed and just started stabbing her to death. Um, He stabbed her 16 times, five in the head, one in the neck, um, five in her chest, and then one in her stomach, 16 times. I mean, uh, so when I read that, I was just like, that's, that's unbelievable. And, and the army's not doing nothing about it. So, so those are, that, that to me is, is definitely something that I, I really, really um, believe needs to be changed. And I'm really glad that, you know, we are being able to march for that, being able to stand up and fight for her. Um, because of this, I know that this protest is not going to be the first or the last. There's going to have to come a lot more protest after this and a lot more other things um, because it's the army, right? It's a U.S. army and it's Fort Hood base who we're tr- we are going to shut down, shut down Fort Hood base. And that is going to be, you know, ultimately um, justice um, because justice was not justice was, was taken from, from us when they took Vanessa and, you know, we want justice. We want justice back. So guys, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. And I just want to tell you guys, if you would just please go and leave me a review on this episode, let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you guys, um, were we're wondering or thinking, or if you want to leave me a message, or if you want to head over to my Instagram and guys, let, let me know, tell me, is there something that you want to hear? You want to listen to leave it right there in the review on Apple podcast or on Spotify. All right, guys, well, welcome back. So I know that being an activist, a lot of people are um, a little weird about protesting and or some people feel weird about protesting, um, especially with a coronavirus going on. And yes, coronavirus is real. It is definitely very real. And we are very, very safe. And we are very, very safe with hand sanitizers, with masks at all times, with social distancing as much as possible. And not only that, um, we really, really do do always um, tell everyone, wear your mask, you know, use hand sanitizer at all times and to stay very, very safe, wiping things down um, whenever we are speaking or people are speaking on something. So those precautions are taken into consideration. Now, that is something that an activist, I have always, always believed in fighting for others. And I was asked on another IG Live from a friend of mine who is part of a local women business club in El Paso. And she asked me, you know, when did you start doing your activism and why did you start your nonprofit? And I thought that was a really good, good question because I don't think I've ever not been I think that since I grew up in a Latino community, I'm a first generation Latina. Um, my immigrant, my parents immigrated from Juarez here, and so that makes me first generation. So I, I really feel like, but I also grew up in the north, 
north of uh, Texas. So it's like the very, very top of Texas. So I am Texas born, Texas raised, and now I'm living in the south, in the south of Texas. And I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, so being in a Latino community, I was always around friends and families who, you know, either were not from here or if they were from here, they um, didn't have their papers yet. So to be able to speak up and speak out against things like this, um, you really, in, in our culture, in our community was more fear, fear of um, losing your visa, fear of losing, um, being deported. Fear was always something that that stopped um, our parents um, from actually doing the things that we're now doing right now um, for our revolution. And so I feel like I always was fighting other people if they were mistreating other people, if they were talking down to other people, if they were, you know, if something was said to someone who um, I felt like was not right because either they didn't look like them or they um, talked differently. I was always that friend who would defend them and always jump in for them. And I, I don't believe that that's changed at all. Um, for my friends who do know me, they know that I would definitely always, always, always have their back and defend them. And I just think that that's something that came out when it came to Vanessa Gein, because I really, really saw myself in, in her and in, in who she was just because it's, um, she is a hero. She, you know, she went and fought because in, in her heart, she knew that she was fighting for us. And that to me is amazing. And anyone who feels like they can fight for us, I can fight for you too. And I really feel like that that's why I wanted to jump up and go fight. And so I did. I really felt like it was a need to be a part of. Um, and it definitely is something that I will teach my daughter to do. You know, stand up for what's right. Stand up for what you believe in. Stand up for things that, you know, you see are being done wrong. Stand up for things that, you know, you know that that's something that's that shouldn't be happening. Um, if it's hurting someone or if it's something that is is not right, you know, it's standing up for something because on, ultimately that's that's what you, who you are, who you truly are. The things that matter to you is the things that you stand up for. So that's how I feel. That's why I really feel like that's what led me to, um, to start protesting and start going and being a part of these protests, of course, um, with my nonprofit as well. Um, it's a woman issue. And it's a woman fight, um, something that we definitely um, deserve change. And we we need change. And it's going to happen. And we will get the support that we need. And it's going to be a big day in history for women. And, you know, just to be able to be a part of that. And if you're not a part of it, come and join us. You know, um, I have a group on my nonprofit page that you can message me and you can come and be a, be a part of the group where other women are, you know, um, also coming by themselves, but they don't want to come by themselves. So they're coming to be a part of our group. You're more than welcome to come also. So definitely, um, you guys, I feel like being an activist has always been in my heart. It's always been in my roots. It's always been who I was, who I am. And I feel like this time, this season is when everything just 2020 erupted right? 2020 came here to show us who we've, we truly are um, as a society, as individuals, as people, um, what you believe in, um, you know, who are you? Um, and all of that is going to come to the light. So 
I know, I know 2020, like I said this before, 2020 was, everybody was proclaiming it's the year of, um, the year of 2020 vision. That's what everyone was saying, 2020 vision. And I was saying it too. I had a um, vision board party for our women empowerment uh, party. And we were saying the same thing, 2020 vision. And this 2020 vision was a vision that really reflected who we are. And I think that that's awesome. I think for me personally, it's taught me um, that this this is a, a mindset. This is not a something that you just want to wake up and just do one day. Um, this is definitely a mindset and it takes strength, a lot of strength. Um, and it's a mindset also too, that you've made your mind up and that no matter what, you know, this is what you're going to do. And I feel like many people are in a point where they don't know, you know, they are trying to see, you know, what else is there besides life, besides some people are workaholics. I'm one of them, including, including me. I'm one of them. And working was their life. And I know friends who are makeup artists and they were very, very busy makeup artists, but was, was teaching makeup classes or teaching, you know, and now they're just like sitting back chilling and it stopped, um, you know, hairstylists also, and just certain industries that got affected really bad by this, right? But I just think in general, overall people having to really know um, what matters. They made us, you know, not be able to leave our home because there's a pandemic going on and there's, you know, people are dying in the world and people were crying over 90 days that they did in lockdown for quarantine. And it's so funny because you know, France did, I think, over 90 days and they are good to go, you know. Um, so I think we should have done that, too. But I know I get it. Some people were really, really need uh, needed help. And some people just needed to get back to work. And some people just, you know, went uh, broke. Um, their business didn't survive and they had to, you know, file bankrupt or they had to shut down, or they had to go out of business. So, you know, it's a lot of things that you have to internalize and you have to take um, from everywhere because you have friends on different levels and you have friends that are, are, are affected very differently from coronavirus, you know, and then you still have to stay sane with what you got going on, what you're building, what you're doing, you know, and, and how this has affected your business and what you need to do so that you can, you know, move to the next level and you can grow bigger and stronger. So I think all that is reflected on me in 2020. And I think it's not only effect reflected on me, but, or, you know, not only just affected me, but many people, you know, like I said, cause coronavirus hit everybody really, really differently. So that's, that's how I feel about um, 2020 so far. And that's exactly what I, um, what I feel led me to just be like, you know what? I need to share this with you guys today. So I'm going to go ahead and share this on the podcast. So you guys do me a favor, head over to my IG. Um, you can find me at Christina, the fit beat report and go ahead and DM me and let me know what 2020 has taught you. I would definitely love to know what 2020 has taught you. Like you heard, what I uh, reflected on in 2020 and how it affected me. 
please share your thoughts and how 2020 has affected you. So thanks so much for tuning in. As always, this is Christina, the Fit Your Report. You can find me on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Go ahead and subscribe if you haven't subscribed and follow me on IG at Christina, the Fit Your Report. As always, peace and love.